Hi, everybody, and welcome to Mecha Dragon, a podcast about all the geeky and nerdy stuff you love. Brought to you by Captain Geek and the Dark Nerd. I'm your Captain Will. And I'm your nerd, Jess. Today, we're talking about Star Wars. Yes, this is our May 4th episode. May the 4th be with you. That's right. So let's just get started uh, by, I just need to acknowledge some news that came up that I found out about yesterday, which made me really sad. news. Yeah, the death of Peter Mayhew, our beloved Chewbacca. So I just want to say right now that this podcast episode is dedicated to Peter Mayhew, who brought us so many wonderful memories playing that character over the years. And, uh, you know, to the limited extent that we can, I just want to honor him by uh, mentioning his name here at the uh, outset, the beginning of the episode. Yeah, he's been uh, part of my life from the beginning of my life. You know, I've always been a fan of uh, Chewy. And here in the news yesterday, it's like Chewie died. And I was like, wait, the new Star Wars isn't out yet. I know Han Solo died in the last episode. What's going on? So, yeah, I found out that uh, Peter Mayhew had passed. And Yeah, it really hit sad. me. It really hit me like a like a gut punch because, I mean, God, they're I mean, you know, these actors are getting older and everything, but you just you never expect it. I mean, with Carrie Fisher and now him, mm-hmm. I saw this great. It was, you know, it was like a one of those animated gifs on Twitter, and it was uh, Chewie and Leia hugging, which I guess is right. from one of the uh, deleted scenes from The Force Awakens. But uh, so I just wanted to say a couple words about Peter Mayhew. A lot of people might not know that uh, right before he was in the first Star Wars movie, he was actually cast in Sinbad and the Eye of the Tiger, which was Ray Harryhausen's new special effects film, you know, Harryhausen being the guy that did all those animated fantastical things, Jason and the Argonauts and a ton of other movies back in the day. You know, Peter Mayhew was also in another movie a few years, just a couple, two or three years back called Killer Inc. He played Uncle Clyde. And if you didn't know, he started a foundation called the Peter Mayhew Foundation, which is a nonprofit organization devoted to the alleviation of disease, pain, suffering, and the financial toll brought on by life's traumatic events. Wow. I thought that was really cool. I actually did not know about that until uh, this morning when I was uh, just looking up some more information on him. But uh, you can go to PeterMayhewFoundation.org if you'd like to give uh, to them. Yeah, that's incredible. I like that. Yeah, so I thought that would be a nice way uh, to honor his memory was would be to mention that. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I think that this moves directly into something that I wanted to talk about in this episode, since this May 4th is just sort of a general celebration of Star Wars. And I thought we could just talk real quick about some personal experiences we've had with Star Wars and really what it, it means to us. Jess, what can you say on that note? Well... I was born in 1978, which was, uh, by my watch here, approximately 40 years ago. God, So, old. sadly, I... Ah, oh, man. I can feel it, too. <laughs> uh, but, in uh, unfortunately, I was too young to see the first trilogy in theaters. But uh, that doesn't mean it wasn't uh, part of my young life. I was probably, I don't know, five or six when I was around my brothers watching Star Wars and... Star Wars has always been, you know, a love of my life. Uh, it's kind of helped create 
the sci-fi nerd within me, you know? Mm. It's so such a fantastic story and literally out of this world. And literally really, out of this world. Yeah. Literally set my imagination on fire and it it helped make me who I am today. Literally set your imagination sci-fi. on fire. Literally, 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 my brain was encased in flame. I it see. also helped my poetry skills. But no, no, Star Wars has always been just a fantastic adventure and always pushed the imagination. And I'll always remember being young, sitting on the couch, covered up in blankets, you know, watching all the action on the screen. And it it probably helped create a little bit of the nerd I am today. A little bit of the nerd you are today. Yeah, it was definitely the seed. Yeah, it was definitely a one of the big seeds for me. I mean, I can't I can't even I don't know if I can even put into words right now how much wonder it filled me with as a kid and you know, you you said it set your imagination on fire and it really did that for me too. I mean, George Lucas thought it out so much that you know, there's so many little clues and to the whole universe of Star Wars just in the background and then the, the texture and the color and the the costumes and the aliens and every little thing you see in these movies. And it just always really spoke to my imagination. And, you know, like you, I'm I'm about the same age as you. And I didn't get to see them in the movie theaters because I was a wee babe. But uh, wee the, babe. the original ones. But um, actually, when the special editions were re-released in the movie theaters, I, I did get to see them on the big screen. And that was pretty amazing. Uh, nice. That meant a lot to me. So I, I do have a couple of quick uh, Star Wars stories. So actually, when I was a kid, I met R2-D2, for real. I was, uh, yeah, I must have been like nine years old or something, nine or ten. And I was visiting my grandparents in uh, North Carolina. And we went to the grocery store and we were walking into the grocery store. And you know how they have those big, like, uh, automatic doors that slide open as you approach. Uh And uh, I was coming up on the doors and suddenly out the door freaking store came r2d2 like a real r2d2 and i just i think i just stopped and stared with my jaw hanging open <laughs> you know and uh and actually you were nine so this was 1987 something like that yeah something like that uh like yeah 87 88 something like that and but the only difference was I mean, maybe I was a year or two younger, but I must have been like around nine. But the only difference was around his like center, like body, like cylindrical torso. It said Mm -hmm. Coca-Cola, like a Coca-Cola can. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know in hindsight whether, you know, Coca-Cola was doing some kind of crazy marketing push. uh, I don't know what force is stronger, V-Force or the force behind marketing and advertising. <laughs> right. But, I mean, you know, it, it, he was still R2-D2 to me, and he, you know, made little sounds, right. and his head swiveled, and it was like, oh, my God, it was one of the most amazing things. And the guy controlling him, he had this big, huge remote control in his hands with, you know, the long antenna coming out the top, and he came up to me, and he said, because, you know, he must have seen my face, <laughs> like, staring at the thing. Right. And he asked me if I wanted to look inside, and he, I was like, uh, yes. And <laughs> he, uh, he like took off R2-D2's head and I looked inside, you know, it was a tons of like wires and circuit boards and motors and things down there. And it was just, and I think we must have stood there talking to him for like five minutes, but I don't remember anything except R2-D2. And it was, right. that was just, I mean, talk about setting your imagination on fire. Oh yeah. That, that made a big impact on me when I was a kid. I tell you what, 
uh, to actually mean R two D two. That that was back then before you know all of the life size you know things were available that you saw plastered all over billboards and I wonder in stores if it was so. yeah I wonder if it was before the R two D two Builders Club really got started. I don't know they probably existed back then, but my God, it was that that was really cool. So then my next story is when I met Luke Skywalker. <laughs> what? So I, you know, as as I've mentioned before, I live in Los Angeles and I moved out here many years ago to pursue working in the entertainment industry, broadly speaking. And one of the first jobs that I had after I moved out here was I uh, I was an extra. I worked as an extra on a few movies. And one of them was, oh, I can't remember the name of the movie now, but it was like a a courtroom drama set in the 1980s, you know, so they they outfitted me with like one of those slender ties from the 80s. And I was actually one of the people sitting in the courtroom, just like in the benches in the courtroom. And I didn't quite a galaxy long ago. Yeah. And, you know, they they hadn't um, they hadn't really told us anything about the movie. You're an extra. You show up and you like sit where they tell you to do and uh, do what they tell you to do. And, you know, and and it does what it's told. Right. But so I'm sitting there towards the front of the courtroom and then, and then they're getting ready to shoot. And this guy walks in wearing a suit, uh, one of the actors, and he's kind of he's kind of a big guy. And I'm and, and he's got lots of gray in his hair and stuff. And I'm looking at him and I'm like, that that guy's so familiar. <gasps> and it was Mark Hamill. No way. And he said he sits down in like the row in front of me. And, uh, you know, in between takes and stuff, he he turns around and he's chatting with us and making us laugh. And he was just the nicest guy you'll ever meet. And it was that it was such a thrill to be sitting there near Mark Hamill and uh, to to chat with him. And, you know, um, I'm sure he doesn't remember me. Talk and shop with Mark Hamill. Talk and shop (laughs) with Mark Hamill. That sounds like the name of an awesome podcast that I would love to listen to. Exactly. All right, we announced the shutting down of Mechatragon. We are starting a new one called Talking Shop with Mark. Well, Hamill. you know, I now, don't think I don't think Mark Hamill's now, going to uh, jo- uh, start up a podcast with us. Yeah, we just need to work on getting Mark Hamill. <laughs> right. <laughs> Once we do that, we'll we'll think about uh, all that stuff you just said. But anyways, I'll leave that up. I'll leave that up to you, Mister Hollywood. Those are just, you know, I actually have not been able to go to uh, Comic Con since I've lived out here, which is insane. Because it's not right. that far away in San Diego, but the problem is my job, I can't get the day off. I, I don't want to get into it, but it's just, it's been such a point of sorrow in my life. So I haven't been able to go to like these big conventions and stuff to see these people, but I did. Well, it's like I, it's like, it's like my daddy always told me, showing up for work every day is a choice. So, you know. You have you have the option. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I want to lose my job, I could go to Comic Con. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to be worth it right now. Now that I have uh, kids mm. and things like that. So, uh, but anyway, I, I just thought those are memories that I will always cherish uh, because yeah. I, I love Star Wars so much, and I just happen to have these encounters that are they were just I don't know uh, that I just really loved having. Well, uh, speaking of uh, having uh, little ones. I, too, have little ones, both of the ages, well, I guess one is 10 and one is 16. They're not both 10 and 16 at the same time. That's weird. But uh, I've had the privilege and joy of, you know, uh, bringing my children into the Star Wars world, you know, and showing it to them. And they fell in love just like I did. And I'm, like, looking at my son 
and my daughter, they're six years apart, so I did it and saw their uh, reactions, and I kind of saw a bit of myself. You see the same wonder. Even though these these movies are now 40 years old, like me, uh, you still see the same wide-eyed stare, and they still get into it uh, just the way we did when we were their age. And it's really cool experiencing it over again. And then they have friends, of course, who these days, there are people out there who have never seen Star Wars. So they bring their friends in and... You know, it's like, come on into the clan and watch Star... And then they're hooked. After the first movie, they're hooked. And then we watch, you know, as many movies as we can. That's And it's a lot of fun spreading it. Yeah. I cannot wait to introduce my son to Star Wars. He's a little too young. He's like two and a half right now. Uh, So it's really not time for that. But You probably uh, got about six... uh, If you're lucky, six or seven years. Yeah. Unless he looks at you and says, no way, Dad, I'm going full Westerns. No sci-fi here. (laughs) Yeah. Then what do you do? Well, I guess I'll have to cross that bridge when I come to it. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Good thing you got another kid coming. Yeah, yeah. So on that note, I did want to mention Star Wars Galaxy's Edge which is the Star Wars, you know, resort theme park, whatever you want to call it, at Disneyland, which Mm -hmm. uh, is opening end of May. Uh, And I wanted to mention it because they opened up reservations for tickets yesterday. And I was going to say, I almost said, uh, well, you can reserve your tickets now, but they actually sold out like super quick. However, (laughs) you can still get a reservation by booking a stay at a Disneyland resort hotel between the 31st of May and the 23rd of June. Now, bear in mind, if you think you're going to be tricky and, you know, book your hotel and then cancel it and keep your reservation at Galaxy's Edge, that's not going to work. They are on to you. They will take away you're the rest for Galaxy's Edge. not that of a hobbit. <laughs> yes. And uh, after June 23rd, reservations are not going to be required to visit Galaxy's Edge, but access will be subject to capacity. You do, in addition to the reservation, need a theme park admission, which for a single day is $149. For your park hopper pass, it's like $199 for a day. But the more days worth you buy, the less each day costs. Uh, If you are going to reserve that stay at a Disneyland Resort Hotel, that costs, I think, at least like $337 a night uh, last time I looked. For those of you on the other side of the country who don't plan to coming to California and you're more interested in the Disney World version of Star Wars Galaxy Edge, that opens August 29th this year. So I'm sure we'll hear more about when you can uh, reserve your uh, tickets a little while before then. This summer, I would imagine. Do you have any uh, info on what is actually going to be in the park yet? Or is it still Lots and 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 lots of stuff. Yeah, we, we could literally talk about that, that like for a like lot of five stuff. hours. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff. We could talk about it for this entire episode, so I think that we should I just let everybody take a gander on their own online. Just Google uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, and uh, you'll see. It looks pretty awesome, I gotta say. So yes. on that note, uh, let's just move on to our next topic. Now, I don't want to get into too much on The Last Jedi because there are plenty of places that have got into a full film analysis and, you know, everybody and their mother's already done their their reactions from when the, the film came out. 
and so on. And uh, there's plenty of people that have talked about the whole controversy and disagreement about the movie amongst the the fandom yeah. way way better than than we could hope to do in this uh, episode of this podcast. And in fact, yeah, I just uh, watched it last night, and there's just too much to talk about there that's already been talked about. We're two years behind schedule on that, so yeah, we'll talk but, about the future. But for those of you out there listening who may want some really, really insightful uh, stuff on this, there are two YouTube channels. One of them is called Wisecrack, and one of them is called Just Right, uh, W-R-I-T-E. And both of those channels have done multiple episodes on Star Wars The Last Jedi, including their sort of analyses not only their sort of assessment of the film, their analysis of the film, but their analysis of why that film is so divisive and why mm. some people love it, love it, love it, and some people hate it, hate it, hate it. And yeah. after after seeing the, the stuff that they put together on that, I'm convinced I have nothing of substance to add to that conversation, and I would encourage everybody to go check out uh, those channels in general, but definitely their Star Wars The Last Jedi videos, because, wow, they are insightful and super interesting. So but so what, for the sake of conversation, you love, love it, hate, hate it, or love, hate it, or hate, love it. I love that movie. Yeah. I understand <laughs> why some people don't like it. And I do, you know, it's not a perfect movie and, you know, I can, I have my own analysis of it, which I don't want to get into. But, you know, since you asked, I I really do love that movie. What about you? I I love it too. And again, coming from Star Wars being part of my life for four decades now, I have a love for Star Wars that lets me overlook a couple little things I might have issues with. But, you know, I understand people that are new to Star Wars looking at movies through the goggles of a modern movie viewer, they look too hard. You know, Star Wars has always been just about a fun adventure, you know, and good versus evil. And there's a lot of a lot of things I let slide and don't let bother me. See, now you're getting into the whole analysis thing <laughs> and defending no, why you I'm love just saying, it. I'm just saying Star Wars overall, you know, has, has always just been... You know, just fun. And I don't approach it with a critical eye, you know, and a lot of the things that I hear sure. negative about Star well, Wars overall, I don't care. I'm just here for a fun ride. Yeah, yeah. So with that said, there is one thing about that movie that I wanted to talk about uh, because mm-hmm. I did want to have a, a topic for discussion in Star Wars, okay? And with that being the most recent movie, I think that it's relevant to pull something from that movie. And I don't want to discuss the whole movie, but there's this one one thing in it that I think we can address. And I want to talk about it because I haven't heard a lot of other discussion about it. I mean, I definitely have seen some, but I haven't seen a lot of programming on it in like a lot of the accounts that I follow, like the the ones that I mentioned a moment ago and, and others. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of want to just bring this up. Now, <clears throat> Ray, the character Ray from right. the new Star Wars movies, so first of all, I really like Rey. Um, I like her character concept. I think she's really cool. Um, she's, I think the actress, uh, Daisy Ridley, has done a, a great job in the movies. You know, she's she's very photogenic as well. And here's, here's the topic, okay? In The Last Jedi, when she's on that island with Luke. Right. And he begins training her. Now, she goes at some point down into that 
like hole where like the dark side is strong where Luke cautions her against it and she goes down there and she comes up out of the the water and she goes up to that like wall of ice I think is mm-hmm. what it was and she sees the ice the ref- mirror yeah the ice mirror and she and there's that that whole scene where it shows like a whole bunch of of her you know sort of reflections of her and then it looks like she's going to see who her parents are, those like two shadows like walk towards her and it's been, yeah, she actually asks the mirror, like mirror, mirror on the wall. Show me who my parents are. I don't think those are the exact words she uses, but yeah, (laughs) those that was pretty much exact. That was a direct quote. I just, I just watched the film last night. This is, Oh, okay. I'll, I guess I'll just have to take your word for it. Uh, I would never lie to our (laughs) listeners. Never. So, but, but in all seriousness though, what happens is it, those two like shadows merge into one and then she just sees a reflection of herself, right? Right. And then later Kylo says, well, I know who your parents were. They were just junkers. You know, they sold you for booze money, basically. And Not important. So first of all, I don't think that Kylo was lying there. I believed him when he said that, looking at him. And I like that the decision that they made... Lucasfilm, the directors, you know, everybody involved. I love that the decision that they made was that Rey is not a Skywalker, not a Palpatine, not a Kenobi, you know, because I like is she, the... Is she a Targaryen? Well, that remains is to she be a seen. Stark? I think we're going to have to find out in the next movie when she uh, faces off with a dragon, right? But, is she resistant but what I, to dragon fire? But the idea that I like in this is that you don't have to be, quote-unquote, from a special family to be to make a difference in this world. It, what it doesn't it, what necessarily that, have to be a bloodborne lineage. Well, right. I mean, to me, what, what that part of the movie says is anybody can be a hero. You know, right. you don't have to have a certain pedigree to be special. You know, anybody can make a difference. And I all and, and anybody that, can be president. Well, let's not go there. <laughs> <Okay>? <laughs> let's not go there. But um, you know, and that theme is echoed in other parts of the movie because in past movies, the main characters were a princess, you know, right. uh, uh, a uh, a prophesied baby That's... that was born of a virgin mother, immaculate conception. Right uh, now, how come they always referred to Leia as Princess Leia, but never referred to Luke as Prince Luke? Because he didn't grow up as a prince, and he wasn't. They weren't born royalty. I mean, Leia. Well, then why is she a princess? Because uh, Senator Organa adopted her upon her birth and raised her as a princess on uh, Alderaan. Which brings me back to the point that I've been watching these movies for forty years, and sometimes I gotta watch them again to catch up. It's been a while on the first ones. I guess. Yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. But but back to what I was saying. Um, this this theme of anybody can be special, anybody can be a hero, is also echoed in other parts of the movie. Because whereas mm-hmm. in other movies you have a lot of like royalty and people that are based on prophecy, you know, being the important heroes of the movie. You have in The Last Jedi, like a like a plumber, or not a plumber, but like a janitor. Finn was basically a stormtrooper janitor. Right. Uh, Rose is like a mechanic. You know, mm-hmm. Poe Poe is like a fighter pilot. He's he's to me the new 
this is an oversimplification, but he's fills the sort of the Han Solo role. You know, he's the roguish, dashing right. pilot and all of that. With, but I with, just, the, with the skill of something you could relate to, like a bus driver. Well, he's like a working a class. Well, these are like working class people. You know, these are like regular, right. ordinary people who get to make a difference. And it's it's like in this movie, the only people that can make a difference are not just the special people with of the special families, you know, right. who are from royalty or whatever. Uh, I, I anyway, I just Humble really like upbringings. this. And so I really hope, I really hope so bad that J.J. Abrams in the the new Star Wars movie, Episode Nine, The Rise of Skywalker. I really hope that he's not going to totally retcon every single thing that happened in the last jedi to me when you have limitations placed upon you as a storyteller or in any creative endeavor to me that only makes the solutions you come up with for the story and what happens in the story more interesting so i really hope that they right. don't take the this the super easy way out and just say oh well kyla was lying and you know she just didn't understand what she was seeing and it meant something totally different and you know, blah, 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 blah. I, I just... Anyway, so what do you think about this idea that Ray doesn't have special parents, that she's, you know, basically just a regular nobody person of no special, you know, lineage, and that she gets to be a hero? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I... Uh, the Star Wars from the beginning, you do have some fantastic heroes, some of which who are embodied by characters that aren't. Uh, Skywalkers like Han Solo, Chewbacca. Of course, of you course. Know, Jar Jar Binks is one of my all-time favorites. Oh, he stop. was a hero. <laughs> oh, what? Stop. What do you mean? Why Are you serious? No. That you really love what? Jar Jar Binks? Is that true? Doesn't? Are you just trolling does, me? Does everyone? Does everyone not love Jar Jar Binks? What is Star? It should be Jar Jar Wars or Jar Wars. It's Jar Wars. Without mm. without Jar Jar Binks, George Lucas is nothing. All right. Moving on. Okay, but moving yeah, on. The, you see yeah. all sorts of heroes like Poe and Rose, and they do, you know, there is a heroic quality to them, and they can stand up and do what's right when it's needed and change the story, thereby changing the world. Well, you're right. So, okay, you're right about Han Solo, but I think what I'm preoccupied with is is the main hero of the story. So Right, well, that's what, that's what I'm getting to. Okay. You know, it's like, it's... I understand where you're coming from with Ray being a quote-unquote nobody, but the problem with that is it leaves a couple questions open in the direction they're going with the movies. A um, couple reasons are, you mentioned, was Kylo Ren lying? Well, at the end of Last Jedi, have you decided? I decided that I trusted him in that moment. And they, right. and you know, she's already demonstrated that she can read his mind. And so mm-hmm. if his goal is to win her over in that very intense, intimate moment in The Last Jedi, I don't think lying to her about her parents is what's going to do the trick. You know, he was, I guess all I'm saying is I trusted him in that moment. And to your point about Han Solo and them, that's a fair point. But what I'm kind of concerned with, what I'm preoccupied with in this idea here is that, so in the original trilogy, I mean, Luke Skywalker's obviously the hero, the main hero, and he's the one who, you know, saves the day in the end, right? Yeah, totally agree in, with that. In the prequel series, it's it's Anakin. I mean, that's, that's more of a tragedy, mm-hmm. 
right? That's more of a tragedy, especially in the way that that ends up, you know, in episode three. But um, the main hero or, or anti-hero slash uh, that becomes villain is Anakin, and he's the special savior of prophecy, right? Right. Whereas now we come to this uh, final trilogy in the Skywalker saga, and the main force hero of the movie is Rey, and she's mm-hmm. nobody special. I mean, she's special in in what she does and the capabilities that she that she has, but she's not special by virtue of being born of prophecy or being right. uh, royalty or you know something like that. And so she was just I a just scavenger. I just really like this notion that says you can be special and you can do good things and you can you know be the hero no matter who you are. And uh, if you know people. Who knows what's going to happen in the new movie, right? We don't we don't know. But it is called The Rise of Skywalker. Now, why before we get too much into the new movie right. talk. Right. Um another point I had was Luke at the end of The Last Jedi, what what was his last uh scene? Well, technically his last scene is when he's sitting there on the rocks and he uh and he, you know, he does, fades he does into the, the force. Yoda, the Yoda fade. And the Yoda now fade, Yoda's yeah. a force ghost. So basically, he died as a as a human. He's now a force ghost. Yeah, I mean, the um, idea is that projecting himself across the galaxy to that other planet where he kind of did that attention grabbing battle with Kylo, you know, which was weakened epic. him to the point. Yeah, which was super epic. Weakened yeah, him sucked to the point out where his life force. Yeah, where he had to die at the end there. But I thought that that was beautiful. The way that that. Happened. Oh no, it was like, great. He's but facing the, the suns. Yeah. The point is. Who is the Skywalker that's rising? What what would the rise of Skywalker mean? Well, that's that's a big question, right? We don't know whether that means Luke Skywalker in particular, right? Because, it, I mean, any money, he st- at least starts the movie as a Force ghost, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Who knows what could happen to him after that? Or a lot of people have been theorizing that maybe there's going to be a new breed of like force user heroes and they're going to be more like the gray Jedi from the old books where they're more about the balance of the force as opposed to the Jedi being the light and the Sith being the dark. And people are theorizing, well, maybe these new force users are going to be called the Skywalkers, right? So mm. I, I don't know. Now, one... Now, um, that would be a crappy way to end a trilogy of trilogies. <laughs> Here's well, a whole I don't new know, thing, not necessarily. Close curtain. Eh, not necessarily. It depends. It's always depends on how they execute it, you know. So here's right. a general. Here's another general thing about the whole Skywalker saga. Okay, well, more so this final trilogy. So uh, obviously George Lucas was the mastermind behind the first six movies. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, for those of you that may not know, a lot of you probably do, but you know George knew. George Lucas knew basically the whole story of that original trilogy by the time he was making the first Star Wars movie. Right. A New Hope. And, you know, later he he had to flesh it out a little bit more and actually write up all the, the, you know, the scripts and everything. But he already knew the general backstory of Darth Vader, if not the very specific backstory of it. He knew what was going to happen in the rest of his trilogies, okay? The mistake that I personally think Lucasfilm made in 
this new trilogy, which, by the way, I really, really like. I mean, I love yeah. the new Star Wars movies, okay? But it has been pretty divisive. Now, to an extent, I feel like the new trilogy was going to be divisive no matter what. Yeah, because you can't please everyone, ev- especially can't please after everybody. three decades of Yeah, everybody you know, has hard, their hard own... Fandom. Yeah, everybody has their own experiences with Star Wars and their own ideas about it and everything. We, we don't need to get into that whole thing. But the point is, there was no coherent vision of the entire trilogy going into it. Now, a lot of people had ideas, but I believe that even like J.J. Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy of Lucasfilm have said that, you know, they just kind of let each director do his own his own thing. And I'm sure mm-hmm. that, you know, they had some hand on the reins, but you can see in The Last Jedi that they took a big turn. Uh, I mean, right. they're, they are confounding your expectations at every turn. Right. You know? Like there was a point uh, before they met with Snoke, who I was a little let down by. Um, but there's the part where Rey and Kylo are speaking to each other over a great distance. And I was like, oh, that's right there. That's proof that they are brother and sister, you know. So somehow something in the works happened and or related by blood Mm. to let them do that. And then later it was Snoke who said, I was the one that connected your mind. Well, right. But that doesn't that's not because they're brother and sister. That's just because Snoke decided to do that. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like when they first started doing that, you get the inkling of, oh, they are related by blood. They're family. So that's why they have the force to talk to each other. But later, oh, so right, right. You're wrong. But then they're not, so that's yeah. how they kind of send you in a couple different directions. Of the well, story. right. And I'm not saying I don't like the confounding of our expectations. I, that was one of the things I really enjoyed about it. And I think that uh, the movie had a couple things to say uh, with with those um Uh, turning over of the expectations but i guess what the point i'm trying to make is is i'm just wondering maybe it was too strong to say it was a mistake that lucasfilm made but i'm just wondering if they had somebody's to have like a master overall at least like a high level vision for the new trilogy i it just makes me wonder whether the trilogy would have been a little less divisive among the fandom i kind of think that to an extent it was inevitable and again, I really love the movies, but uh, yeah, I just I just wonder. Um, you know, Force Awakens well, I thought was really fun. It felt, in a way, it felt a lot more Star Warsy than the prequels did for me. Right. You know, it got us back to like the classic like feel of the original uh, trilogy. Yeah, the prequels were a little too campy and a little too almost childish. Like Jar Jar Binks, well, my personal hero, was created by George Lucas. For his son, you know, and <laughs> right. there's kind of a little bit of that through it. There is a great, I love the storyline. I love Anakin's arc, and that's a great way to see Darth Vader. Become. Well, that's the interesting thing about the prequels is when you look at this, like, the, like if you were to look at an outline of those three movies, it is a really cool story. It is a oh, really yeah. interesting, really cool story. It's just that some of the, like, when you get into it's, some of it's the details wrapped in crepe of how paper the, and balloons, you know? Well, like... All of the, like, romantic dialogue between Anakin and Padme was, like, groan, uh, wince, hide your face. Yeah. Like, it was just kind of painful. Uh, the Jar Jar stuff, you know, I, I couldn't really stand. But it don't is you, a very interesting. 
is a very interesting um, story. Those those prequels. Yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, I'm really I'm really interested to see how they wrap up because they're supposedly they're wrapping up the entire nine movie saga with this next movie, Episode Nine, The Rise of Skywalker. So As well, they should. Maybe this is a good point for us to talk about the trailer uh, for the new Star oh. Wars movie. Yep. So we just watched the Episode Nine trailer uh, for me, like for like the fifth time or tenth time, maybe. Yeah, same here. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty cool trailer, I gotta say. Obviously, right. that first scene on the desert planet. God, I wonder if that's like Jakku or Tatooine. But I have a feeling it's Jakku, if for no other reason, so that Finn can say again, why does everybody want to go back to Jakku? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> once again. Yeah, they probably will tie it in. No, but I guess there is some uh, lore from some of the old books where uh, Palpatine had like a lab with clones on uh, Jakku. Uh, oh, or something really? so interesting to see if uh if it turns out to be connected but uh i i'd love... be a shame if he started up some sort of clone war <laughs> but i'm ching uh, <laughs> but no i love uh luke's voice over there in the beginning where he says a thousand generations live in you now we've taught you everything we know right so I it it makes Every me wonder. Has a hero. It makes me wonder whether she's going to go through like more training with like Luke's Force Ghost and possibly others. Well, I mean, obviously, this has to get into the theories uh, portion of the trailer review. Well, sure. I mean, you know, but I'm only the, I'm only kind of having theories in relation to what I just saw in the in the trailer. Right. Well, you saw Ray in the desert. She's preparing herself for, could be a big fight, could be, like you said, maybe some further training. Oh, she's about to take on Kylo's uh, spacecraft. Yeah, you see Kylo's TIE fighter fighter skimming across the surface. Do we think that's actually training or a fight? Do you think they finally... I think it's a fight because I have a feeling when she does that jump, it's not just to dodge. I mean, she's going to like cut off like the wing of the TIE fighter or something with her lightsaber, which is Luke's old lightsaber that she fixed. Um, it's got like a band around the middle from where they broke it in the last movie. I see. And then, you know, we get to see... Oh, God, there's just so much stuff in this in this trailer. You get to see Kylo welding his mask back together. You right. Know? You get to see Kylo, like, running through trees with, like, some stormtroopers, you know, providing some supporting fire. And I wonder if the people he's fighting are, like, resistance soldiers or whether he's taking on the Knights of Ren because, you know, they rebelled against him after he killed Snoke or something. I just kind of wonder about it. Well, that, that makes me think, too. It's like, who would be the the bad guy in this movie? Well, I mean, come on. At the very end of the trailer, we hear Palpatine's laugh, Ooh, that evil cackle. Oh, are we certain? Yes, it's got to be Palpatine. Oh, that's definitely him. <laughs> it's definitely him. And it comes right out so, because the last thing you see in the trailer well, the fade is them. Well, no, is them coming to ruins of the Death Star, which have crash landed oh, on some right. planet or yeah, some yeah. moon. And then Luke says, nobody's ever really gone. And then you hear the laugh of the Emperor. And, oh, man, that sent chills down my spine. I got goosebumps Yeah, the first time I saw yeah, that. Yeah, seeing the Death Star there. It's like I, was, I watched the trailer the first time with my kids. And my daughter was like, what's that? And my son looks at her, you know, eyes wide and mouth hanging. It's a Death Star, stupid. <laughs> you know, and she's like, oh. 
you know, and I was just like, wow. And yeah. so do we think Palpatine's still on the Death Star and they have to go into the Death Star to find him? I, you know, I don't know. I mean, what it, could this be? They're obviously going there for some reason that's important to the story right. of the movie. So I wonder if, yeah, I wonder if they're going to be confronting Palpatine there or there's some type of... Uh, I I don't know. I mean, that's the great and that's, thing And that's about... such an epic, epic shot of the Death Star, you know, half mm-hmm. submerged in the ocean. It's like, because when was the last time you saw the Death Star remotely near another planet? How'd the Death Star get there? Well, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if it's like a moon in the Yavin system. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm wondering whether it's... Whether it's there or because if it crash landed on the Ewok moon, uh, the moon of Endor, then those Ewoks are dead. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and how can we get a meteor land on planet Earth and wipe out all the dinosaurs and create life as we know it? Uh, if we want to believe that on flat Earth, oh, come on. People. I think you've. But, I think uh, you've stumbled onto it. They're on Earth, and the thing that killed the dinosaurs was actually the Death Star. The Death crashing. Star. Yeah. So that this must, was must filmed. be it. In uh, New Zealand, just like Lord of the Rings, which also <laughs> took place on planet Earth, dummies. Obviously, okay. obviously. No, but seriously, back to Star Dude, Wars. Dude, crossover, let's go. Right. Did you watch, back in the day, the Ewok movies, like the made-for-TV Ewok movies? Do you remember those? Oh, yeah, I loved them. I oh loved the Ewoks. God. So did They're I, man. Greatest. I loved that when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my uh, my cousins had like the big ATAT walkers, and I can't yeah. remember all. But they had all the big Star Wars toys. But I what just other had the little figures? Oh yeah, I mean the toys were great. But like, what other things did you see in this trailer that really fired the imagination again? Like, what was the... well there? There was the training slash fight between Kylo, and and that could go either way. Right now, it's kind of hard training. to say. I'm telling you right now. You sure? Are we oh, going to have yeah. another? Are you saying the red in the logo or the trailer doesn't mean anything? It's just the color. Well, I of think the I was Mario right logo. about that. We've both seen you were right about that. So I'm going to challenge you again. <laughs> okay, I'm going to challenge you again by saying I think uh, that's going to come at a point where Kylo and Ray have a grudging respect for each other and maybe a little bit of a hmm. So you're romance. saying they're going to train together and hook up? That's your prediction for Star well, Wars I'm episode I'm not saying nine. they're going to hook up. Hooking up has never really been a part of the Star Wars thing. It's always been a behind-the-scenes yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, but I think they will join forces um, and maybe take on Emperor Palpatine himself. So do you the think... The same way Darth mm-hmm. Vader turned against palpatine at the end so here's my he's question still... to you then mm-hmm. so is kylo gonna redeem himself from all the evil things that he has done or is it just going to be an alliance of convenience because he he wants you know the past to die and all and that stuff that he said in, in the last jedi well, because he wants to be the I've, big boy on top i don't think it's i don't think he he's gonna it's star wars man it's it's a feel good film. I think at the end, he's gonna redeem himself. He's gonna turn away from the dark towards you know. Both Ray and Kylo have a very familiar grasp of both light and dark. Well, at least Ray does. I think because that's what they kind of. I think Ray has arc. the more balanced force education, if well, you will. She's more balanced, but again, like 
I think Kylo's going to turn and they're both going to kind of meet in the middle and they're going to go against the greater evil because they know it's for the better. And I think, you know, Palpatine, it'll be kind of weird seeing him after not seeing him for three whole movies. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, I think, uh, I would not be surprised if, if she and Kylo kind of meet in the middle and have a more balanced perspective on the Force, which is what Luke was espousing in The Last Jedi on his Well, they, they hinted at it when they were fighting against Snoke, you know. Would they, you know, that's when Kylo turned against Snoke and ended up killing him and then they fought off. Right, and but that wasn't together. because he was turning towards the light side. That's because he wanted to be the or boss. Or was it? Well, it would. I mean, he had the opportunity to to join her and to do the good thing. But no, he wanted to rule the First Order instead of Snoke. And uh, he offered uh, for her to come rule with him. Right. So to me, that doesn't say I'm choosing the light side. (laughs) That says, you know, I'm the evil, ambitious guy who just killed my boss so that I can have his job. I see. That's what it says to me. But that's which is like, funny you know, because uh, going into uh, a little introspective view on you and I, um, I have always kind of embraced the dark side. I've always leaned a little more towards the dark side. I, I think you uh, have always well, you kinda are kind of a leaned, troll. Leaned, <laughs> yeah, I'm a troll, and you kind of hate me. So I think you've leaned a little more towards the light. So I think. Mm. Uh, we kind of might be not only crossing the stream here, but uh, maybe going I think you're mixing your metaphors now. <laughs> crossing the beam, crossing the so in this analogy, you're Kylo Ren and I'm Ray. I think is 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 what's happening in this analogy. And right, you want us to uh, on, cross streams. I don't know if I'm into that. That's <laughs> that's the side of the force we're on. But I think you are are more accepting of Kylo's dark side, and you don't think he's strong enough to reach beyond the grasp of the dark side where I think I think he will because the okay. Star Wars throughout its whole storyline has been about redemption and uh, you yeah. know, finding you know, the good within. I, I wouldn't be surprised about that at all if that happens and I wouldn't necessarily have a problem with it. It's, it's always in the execution, like I said, but I'm not opposed to the idea of that at all. I am wondering, okay, so here's, here's going to be the final topic, I think. So... And this plays into exactly what we're talking about right now, which is, you know, J.J. Abrams, who's directing the new Star Wars movie, has said that this movie is going to wrap up the entire saga, the entire nine movie saga. Right. And so that being the case, one of the things that I'm looking for is for one, the prophecy to finally be fulfilled in some way. Because we, I don't really remember ever because there was that whole prophecy like, oh, this ki- this person is going to bring balance to the force. And the closest we ever got to thinking that that had come to pass, I think, is when Luke said to Rey that after, you know, he killed they killed the emperor and brought peace to the galaxy, uh, that there was balance for a time or he, he said for a time or for a little while. Right. But then the events of, you know, this new trilogy seem like maybe it's not quite as balanced anymore uh, with it being more heavily on the dark side with Snoke and Kylo and the Knights of Ren versus like just Luke and 
and Ray right. sort of just learning about the Force for the first time. So it seemed a little unbalanced there. So what I'm wondering is, is Anakin going to play some type of role? Because he was supposedly the prophesized one, the prophesied one. Right. Right. So are we going to see his Force ghost? Is is that going to be important to the plot? You know, because apparently that's a the good Emperor point. How come? It? How come the only Force ghosts we've seen up till now have all been of the light side of the Force? Have we seen dark Force ghosts? Well, Whereas- so as a matter of fact, there was a writer for, I believe it was Clone Wars, who said that George Lucas. I was watching the John Campia show, okay, and he was talking about Star Wars. And he got like during the show, he got like a like a a mention on Twitter from this uh, writer who said uh, that George Lucas had a rule that uh, Sith could not become force ghosts for some reason. So no Darth Maul. And the closest. I quit. And the closest. Well, Darth Maul's still alive, though. Uh, Or, you know, he apparently lived after getting cut in half. Didn't you watch Solo? He was also in uh, some of the animated uh, shows. Oh, okay. You didn't you didn't like the <laughs> solo or the idea of solo or what? We'll have to get into that. I've only watched it once. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, I see. Yeah. But in any case, so I'm just wondering how it's going to wrap up all these threads from the entire saga. So A, there's the prophecy, which right. doesn't seem like it was ever it doesn't seem like it ever came to its prophesied conclusion. Uh, maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe it was a prophecy for a temporary period of time <laughs> for like the, you know, 20 or 30 years or whatever. Right. But I, I feel like there's more to it. I mean, if they're bringing the emperor back, it almost feels like they have to bring back Anakin in some capacity. I'm not saying like his force ghost is going to be there in every scene or anything, but I feel like they need to give us something from him. If they're going, you know, yeah. if they're going to the point where they're bringing the emperor back. And we saw that Anakin became a force ghost at the end well, of uh, the, the, return of the Jedi. Correct. Uh, yeah, you're right. And uh, the thing is with that emperor laugh at the end of the trailer, that was like a plot twist. It's like, we've been in this third trilogy. Now we're two movies deep and suddenly there's the emperor laugh. And that's like, wait a second. Where are they going with this? I know. You know it's, it's I mean, it's anything so crazy. Could How are they going to bring it back in? It's going to be, I don't know. It's it's very exciting stuff. I think the thing that I love the most about that trailer and what it showed us and what it gave us to hear with the Emperor's last Lando, Lando that, Calrissian. Oh yeah, Lando yes, too. That's correct. But I think the biggest thing for me with this trailer, the thing that I love the most, is that now it seems like anything is possible. You know, right. It's it seems like anything is possible. And, you know, I'm going to end up having some theories and things the more time that goes on and the more trailers and things that we get. But right now I'm just enjoying this like anything is possible. Star Wars, warm, fuzzy feeling inside. I mean, if if anyone else in the Star Wars universe liked Jar Jar Binks as much as I have, there's a good chance uh, Padme or... um, Leia may have hooked up with Jar Jar somehow oh continuing the bloodline and maybe there's a Jar Jar spawn. Okay. A Jar Jar spawn. And, well, yeah, if you take right. Jar Jar and the Skywalkers and General Grievous and mix them together, good lord. That'd be a one Jar of my Sky Grievous. Characters. 
a Jarskai. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll be what waiting be to wrong see that character. That? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we're running out of time. So let's just finish up by saying just a couple quick comments of like, what would you really love to see? pick? Give me give me two things you would really love to see in the new Star Wars movie, Rise of Skywalker. Oh, man, I would like to believe you and think that Ray is a nobody. I would like to see evidence of that. I don't want her to be simply the offspring somehow of the characters we've been watching for four decades now i would like them to take a different approach to it i don't know that we will i don't know how far i trust uh well i mean force awakens was so it was like beat for beat the first star wars movie right that's the main problem with that it's the main criticism i have with the movie i enjoyed it a lot but it it was like okay this is all very it was was a remake (laughs) yeah it's like they they it's a redo of the star wars so, okay, what's your second thing that you'd really like to see? Uh, well, uh, I hope Chewie doesn't die. Oh, for starters. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't think they could do that to us. I don't think we could handle no. it. Well, if they did, they're, they're rewriting it now. Yeah, right. Oh, man, right. There's, just, there's just so much. Yeah, know, that's that's, that's a right. tough one. I don't I don't know who the villain's going to be. I don't know what direction they're going. I don't know how Palpatine is going to work into it. Well, I think I Palpatine really... is going to be, if not the the main villain that they're dealing with from the beginning, the ultimate villain of the story. I feel like he kind of has to be if he's in there at all. Like he can't just be like somebody you see in one scene. It's the freaking Emperor Palpatine. Well, yeah, but look at look at the Avengers. It's like if they ended Infinity War with dr doom going ha, ha 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 i'm going to kill you now then we wouldn't know what the hell's going on in endgame uh it wouldn't make any sense it would make exactly sense. and yeah. that's kind of the way they they did with the palpatine going he 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 well just he, in the trailer he, he. just in the trailer uh, yeah. right um so right. i think he will be the ultimate villain in that movie uh in any case it, it, you know maybe there's a let like he has like a minion or something that they're they're fighting against at first and then they realize ah big revelation it's oh, the emperor he's alive minions. blah 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 but okay here's my two things uh, first i agree with you i really want to see that they don't retcon ray's origins because that would just it would kind of piss me off right I, I, I usually hate retconning. I don't always. Sometimes they can do it in a fun or interesting way. But, like, I, that would upset me a little. Or I, I wouldn't like it. I wouldn't, like, stomp my feet and be, you know, and, like, slam doors or anything. But Walk I would be disappointed. Walk out of the theater three minutes from the I'd end. I'd be disappointed. <clears throat> it would kind of go against this whole notion that I talked about where, like, anybody could be a hero. Okay. The next thing that I would love to see is... You know what? I want to see... Ray come into her own as like, you know, expert master force user. And I want to see Anakin in some form come back. Like if we can get, if we can get some amazing moment where like Luke and Anakin are like doing something awesome together as force ghosts or whatever their force ghosts can evolve into, that would just give me all the feels, man. That would just give me all the feels all of them yeah so all right well this has been our may 4th episode may the fourth and the force be with you everyone all right skywalkers just as robots wielding superhuman intelligence and strength are going to do to us in the future mecha dragon is invading all of your social medias 
Uh, you can subscribe and listen to us at mechadragon.net. You can catch our podcast on, let's see, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, CastBox, Stitcher, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Uh, we are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Mechadragon Show. And if you have any burning questions or you want to tell us how we screwed something up or how we are so wrong in our theories for the rise of skywalker shoot us an email at mechadragonshow at gmail.com and when you listen to us like us give us a thumbs up a like five star rating and review and we will see you in the next episode of mechadragon and one more time kind of how we started the beginning of this episode peter mayhew who is known to all of us nerds geeks and dweebs as han solo's faithful trusty companion chewbacca this episode is dedicated to you, and may the Force be with you, always. Thanks for everything, Peter Mayhew. Rest in peace. May the Force be with you. And to all our listeners, thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you, always. This is Captain Will, signing out. And this is a Dark Nerd. Peace! Our music is Overworld by Kevin McLeod from Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 3.0